Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're speaking with running physio Tom Goom about the hamstring, what it does, how it gets injured and how to fix it. He's back. He is back, isn't he? Our little mini-series. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. I think it's useful for people. I've learnt stuff. Yeah, I've learnt quite a lot as well. So that's been good. So yeah, Tom's come back on to about the hamstring. I would say the hamstring's one of those ones that, uh, myself included, people just kind of go, oh, it's my hammy. I've done that. Like, or something yeah, like. yeah. And I don't think that's often the case. Like, it can be lower back, can't it? Lower back, pelvis. It's a. It's one of those, it's sort of like oh, I've got tight hammies. The the tight hamstring yeah, yeah. one is always yeah. the one of like, have you though? Have you got a tight hamstring? Mm. Um, and then we're going to get into like the tam- uh, hamstring being a muscle, but obviously like tendons connecting to it. Ham- hamstring tendinopathy is like a big issue for people. Yes. So there's like a yeah. whole sweeping um, of myriad of stuff. Yeah, with the I hammy. Think, um, Tom is a hamstring expert. He's a bona fide hamstring guru. He did his. He could tell us, but I think he did his thesis in hamstring tendinopathy. Yeah. So this guy knows it. There's no one better to ask. He won't be left hamstrung. Oh, oh very good. <laughs> very good. Hey, look, I'm going to hit you with some news you can use. Nice. Um, and this, this piece did the round, so some people might, might be aware of it, but I think it's worth us looking at again. Great. And it's um, hold steady for, for um, lower blood pressure. And um, isometric exercises where you statically hold a position, lower blood pressure compared to other um, exercises. So we're talking about the plank here or the wall sit. And um, yeah, according to a new major study published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine, no less, um, and it examined 270 randomized controlled clinical trials and the effect of various forms of exercise on resting blood pressure. And it found that these exercises, these uh, isometric exercises, have the best effect. So more, uh, more wall sitting and more planking. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone Could be an athlete Could be a physio Or a complete unknown Our guest this week is a leading running physio who runs the Body Rehab Studios in Hove, Brighton. He's here to tell us about the hamstring, what it does, how it gets injured and how to fix it. So Tom, welcome back to the Runswell podcast. Thank you for having me back. No, it's been great. This little mini-series that we've done. Yeah. I think it's been a big success. It's good. And we're now into your absolute field of expertise if there was one muscle that tom could choose in the whole body this is the one it would be the hamstring yeah what exactly is the hamstring you're, you're the man to know tom tell us what it what is it well it's actually a, a group of muscles um in the back of the thigh rather than just one uh, muscle and they, they attach to the base of your pelvis and they extend down the back of your thigh and cross the the back of the knee um so they've, they've got some really key roles for us runners um, they will flex the knee, so they bend the knee, 
they extend the hip. So if you you know visit the hips swinging behind you, that's extension. But they also have quite a special role during running where they work as a brake. So they slow the leg down just before your foot contacts the ground. Ah, there you go. Oh, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. It's loads of stuff, isn't it? So because you kind of always, I think within the running gait cycle, everyone always considers that sort of high, the, the heel coming up to the bum that's kind of like the main hamstring so you not so you don't have like a really long trail leg throwing you off balance the hamstring is that kind of its main part of the gait cycle is that what the hammy's doing well actually funnily enough it, it, it isn't that active at that point right um it, probably what's what's happening is we come to that part of the of the gait cycle like the start of swing it's almost as if the the leg and the foot sort of bouncing up to some degree. So the the hamstring isn't having to work really hard to lift the leg. Where it works hardest, if you look at some of the research, is actually as we get towards the end of the swing. So you know, if you're a runner listening in, you can imagine your leg swinging through the air just prior to, to the, your foot striking the ground. Your hamstring's actually working quite hard to slow that leg down. So that's when it works the hardest. And it's a particular type of, of muscle active uh, activation called the eccentric load. So it's slightly different to some of the other muscles. Um, if you had weak hamstrings, Tom, what, what would be the effect in terms of how would it affect your running gait and potentially make you a sort of less efficient runner? So one of the things runners will often feel like is the, the hamstrings will tighten up um, during a run if they're weak and they can't cope with the demands of the running. So they'll particularly notice that with the runs that challenge the hamstring muscles more, which would be faster runs and hillier runs. So you might find that you're doing a faster session, the hamstring feels like it's tightening because it's just not quite strong enough. And then it's hard to swing that leg through, you know, so you might feel like you're a bit restricted in, in swinging the leg through. You can't really stride out pop properly because the hamstring's fatiguing um, and feeling tight um, in that position. Um, you might also notice it doing exercises. So if you're someone who's tried things like single leg bridges and you, your hamstring just gives up and cramps up straight away, usually it's a sign that it's it's not quite strong enough for that. Right. That's good to know. I get that quite quickly. So <laughs> it's, it's revealing. Yeah. Um, you took, Tom, you mentioned that there's like, it's a group of muscles. So is, there, is it sort of like a bit like the glute, which maybe we'll do that on a series. You know, you've got glute med and glute major and all those sorts of things. Is there, it's similar on a hamstring. Is there sort of a, like a main body to it and then other side, other muscles around it or are they all sort of, how does it work? Yeah, so it's it's in, it's similar in to, to the glutes in that there are, yeah, different parts. So you've got, um, you've got your semi-membranosis and semi-tendinosis. You've also got your biceps femoris. Um, and these are kind of long, thin muscles which extend down from the pelvis and cross, um, you know, cross the knees. So it's sort of a different shape, different role um, to the glutes. Mm. Um, but ideally, we want that you know, that whole hamstring to be pretty strong. Um, different exercises we do might target different parts of the hamstring. So um, generally, I'd recommend having exercises that work the knee flexion role, so bending the knee, and the hip extension role too, because then you're going to strengthen up that whole hamstring complex. Okay, so what what, what would they, um, what would some of those exercises look like in, in practice? So um, for the, the knee flexion role, uh, things like prone hamstring curls. So if you um, go to the gym and you've got a prone hamstring machine there um, or a cable machine you can, you can use. So essentially you're bending the knee against resistance. 
you can also do it with resistance band um, as a nice um, alternative option. So I'd usually have one exercise in there focusing on that, that knee flexion, knee bending role. Um, the hip extension based exercises, things like bridges and single leg bridges um, are pretty good hip extension options that will work the hamstring and also challenge the, the glutes uh, as well. Um, and we've uh, just uh, written a piece about this for Runners World. So um, uh, we c- you can check that out if you want to, the people listening in. We've got some images and instructions for these exercises if you want to find out more. Yeah, that's, that's, all, ideal, that's all on the website, runnersworld.com slash UK. Very nice. Um, Tom, with, with something like just that sort of old school, a tea towel under your, the, the heel and then, you know, you slide in the, the leg out and put, trying to pull it back in at home, like those sorts of ones. Are those the kind of exercises good for hamstring? I'm just trying to think like outside the gym. Yeah. Right. That was always the one that was like you could do at home, you know, on a slidey floor. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are particularly good because we know the hamstring's got to work with this, this slightly different role. We've talked about this eccentric role which means actually it's working as the muscle is lengthening mm. so that exercise you're talking about you know where you you go into a bridge position and you slide your feet out on um on a towel actually the hamstrings are working to slow your feet down so your legs aren't suddenly whizzing out um in front of you and that's a particularly good exercise it's called a supine leg curl now that one if the, the best thing to do that with to be honest if you can get access to it is a skateboard so it means you've got very very little friction because if there's friction you actually have to push the towel out and the hamstring muscles aren't doing as much work now that might not sound like it makes sense if you're listening in but if you're pushing out you're pushing it away with the quads rather than slowing it down with the hamstrings Mm. so if you can get a a skateboard doesn't need to be expensive um, and use that um, and i would usually you go up into the bridge position with your feet on the skateboard. You roll the skateboard out as far as you feel able to do. And then you bring your hips back down to the floor and then you slide it back so that the coming back bit is easy. So that allows you to focus on the part of the action that's most important. Ah, interesting. That is interesting because you kind of almost think that the pull back bit is going to be like the super power move of it. Like kind of that's, but really actually the extension out with the slow, as you say, like complements the running and the slowing down of the feet and all those sorts of things. So there we go. I know, I know I've now, I've got a skateboard. Right, there you go. So this is it. No excuses. Um, In terms of the kind of running that might be high risk for um, hamstring injuries, Tom, when people come to your clinic, are they often done too much too soon or, or a type of running? Yeah, so it would be higher speed running. Um, it would increase the the stress on the hamstring significantly, particularly sprinting, if you're not used to it. Um, so you might find when we're working with a runner with some hamstring pain, we have a look at their training and they've suddenly increased their, their speed work recently, or they don't quite have the right mix of high and low intensity in their training. So maybe they're doing 50, maybe 60% of their training is high intensity. Um, whereas typically we might say, you know, as little as 20% of your training needs to be actually higher intensity stuff. Um, hills play a big role too. So sometimes people have increased the the hill running and that will challenge the hamstring and particularly the hamstring tendon gets irritated if you suddenly go and do loads more hill running right um so that can be a factor um and hill sprints they're a double whammy yeah um you mentioned the the hamstring tendon there tom and i think that that's probably another part of 
hamstring maybe injury confusion or certainly people get misled on the fact that obviously the hamstring is a muscle and that can be damaged and untorn and injured but also you've got things like hamstring tendinopathy which you know a lot about um how does that how do you sort of differentiate between what's a hamstring injury what's a hamstring tendon uh and like are they similar are they different what causes what yeah, good, a good question. So I think it's probably worth thinking about with this, maybe sort of three different things that runners might encounter that are quite common. So the first one is actually just hamstring fatigue. Mm. So this isn't actually a, a true injury as such. You've not, you've not actually torn or damaged the muscle. And the classic situation is you've, you know, you're out on the run and you're pushing hard with the speed perhaps. And just gradually the hamstring starts to feel um, uncomfortable and, and, you know, maybe stays a little bit tight afterwards, or it actually, you don't feel it during the run, but you feel really tight after a difficult session. So I had this myself, I raced 10 K a while back and my hamstrings were really tight and fatigued afterwards. Now, because it's just fatigue, it usually comes on gradually. It usually settles fairly well with recovery. Um, and it's, you know, there's no lasting damage, um, but it's worth looking at the training and make sure, making sure you're not overdoing it. The second thing would be a muscle tear. Um, now, these usually occur during higher speed running. So you, you see them really commonly um, in sprinting. Um, footballers sometimes sprinting down the wing, you see them suddenly pull up and clutch their hamstring. Um, now sometimes people refer to this as like there being a sniper in the crowd. It's like yeah, suddenly yeah. shot in the back of the leg. Yeah. You know, so if you, you're running and you have a sudden pain in the hamstring and it stops you running and it stays sore for some time afterwards, that probably is going to be an actual um, muscle tear. Now, those, um, you know, and with any injury, really, I would say, um, it get you know, see someone about it, get some advice about that in terms of guiding you back to your running. Because if you have actually uh, got a tear in the muscle, you need a little bit of time out to recover. You need to restore the strength and flexibility before you can go uh, back into it. Now, the, the third one, is a hamstring tendon issue. And most runners, if they're going to get this, it's at the proximal hamstring, which means at the, at the top where it attaches to the pelvis. Um, now, all, all muscles, obviously, they have tendons to attach them to, to the bone. So the hamstring muscles share this, this one large tendon, which attaches to the pelvis. And this is a slightly different thing. It's not going to be um, usually a tear of the tendon in, in most runners. It's usually an irritation um, because of excessive um, running, particularly excessive hill running or speed work. So it's very similar to it, to an Achilles tendon. You, you overwork it, it gets sore, it gets swollen. Hmm. Now, the big difference in terms of symptoms here is that the pain's going to be right on that kind of sitting bone. So it's going to be quite specific to that point. Whereas the muscle injury is going to be a bit more spread out and usually within the muscle belly itself down the back of your thigh. And with the hamstring tendon, and this is a really difficult thing for a lot of people, it hurts when you sit. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's a real nuisance for people. Um, so they, they'll often notice, yeah, it gets painful when they sit. It might be stiff in the morning. It gets worse if they stretch it. Um, so those kind of symptoms and pain right at the sort of sitting bone, that's much more of a proximal hamstring tendon issue usually. Is that the most, that feels like the most common one to me because I feel like I've experienced it myself. And I think we had a member of our team, Kate, who definitely had that. Mm. In terms of like what you what you see in terms of people coming in, would that be the most sort of common one? 
Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say probably that and, and just simple hamstring muscle fatigue, just okay. not not really truly damaged, but just not quite coping with training. Mm-hmm. Um, hamstring muscle tears are not that common in, in, in endurance runners because they don't tend to sprint and do that high speed stuff so often. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a couple of things with proximal hamstring tendon, um, there is a, a something that a lot of people tend to do with this that makes it worse. And that is stretching. So they stretch the hamstring muscle thinking it will help. And it actually really irritates the tendon. So I wouldn't, if you've got a hamstring tendon issue, I wouldn't be trying to stretch it. Um, and, and any movements that work into a stretch position, like doing, you know, deeper deadlifts, for example, or kettlebell swings are usually quite irritating for it. So we cut those down in the early stages to let it settle. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Is it uh, an injury that requires... I mean, like a tear, you need to have time away. Is is the is the, with the ham with the hamstring tendon issue? Is that a time away from running too, or is that a manageable? Because we talked about the Achilles, and the Achilles quite likes a bit of load if it needs to recover. Is it? And but you can't stretch this one. So what's the sort of? Can you run and the general maintenance sort of side of life? Yeah, so it, it is going to be this a similar approach to the Achilles in in that you know, if there is a manageable amount of running, then quite often people can continue some running. Mm. So usually, you know, like we said with the Achilles, the guideline we're looking at here is if the pain is mild during your running, so if you're scoring it and it's no more than a three out of 10 during the running and it settles quickly afterwards. So it's back down to normal levels, you know, that same day, ideally, but certainly within 24 hours, usually that shows you that it is coping with the running. Mm. Um, but when it's in those, you know, really irritated early stages, you do often need to cut back um, a fair bit. Um, now, the, the reason why I um, have I've written research and stuff in this topic is because I've had this myself. Right. So um, my experience with proximal hamstring tendon pain was I was I was training for Brighton Marathon and I was out on the downs, which is where I love to run. I was doing loads of hill running. I did far too much, <laughs> you know. So even as a physio specialises in running injury, you can <laughs> you can do too much. Um, and they ended up with this, this hamstring tendon pain. Um, 
and I, I was doing 20 mile long runs at that point. So I thought, well, I'll scale it back to four miles. That should be manageable. But that stirred it up for about five or six days. So I then tried again two miles and that stirred it up for a couple of days. I had to scale all the way back to five minutes. That was all it could cope with because anything more than that would leave it sore for days. So really depends on the individual. Some you might just find if you cut down the speed work for a bit, that might be enough. Others will need an actual break from running to let it settle. Um, So it's not an easy one to treat. This is definitely one I would seek some help with. Is there any difference across sexes or ages when it comes to the hamstring, Tom? Like, do certain uh, people need to be more conscious of this or, or more susceptible? The the hamstring muscle problems, um, like um, the kind of hamstring fatigue, I I tend to see more frequently in um, male runners. Right. Um, I would say with the tendon issues, um, I would say I see those probably more frequently in female runners. Um, now I, I I can't say that that's going to be true of you know of co- the condition for everyone, but there is some there is some stuff uh, that is more specific um, to to females that affects the tendon. So, for example, um, when uh, women approach the menopause, their estrogen levels change, mm. and that really seems to affect tendon health. And actually, a lot of women will develop tendon pain during that stage of their life particularly if they push their training on too hard. So it's quite common for me to see women at that stage of their life with hamstring tendon pain or gluteal tendon pain, which is, you know, causes pain around the side of the hip because of those changes in hormone levels. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I was wondering about that because obviously there's some physiological differences, particularly in the pelvis between men and women. Um, Women's pelvis is designed to obviously for childbirth, particularly there's elements that can creep in and obviously anything that connects to the pelvis, the hamstring and everything, is it, does it, there's obviously no gender is specifically more injury prone in that capacity, but I just feel like shape of pelvis must play a part in sort of like how things operate Mm. but um, it it does it does and i think probably more so with the with things like gluteal tendinopathy that you know as i said produces that pain around the outside of the hip Mm. um that i would certainly expect to be you know more common um in women than men and that would be influenced by the difference in in things like um pelvis shape I i think one thing that's you know perhaps worth people keep in mind with injuries is whether you're injuring a you know a tendon, a muscle, a bone, a joint, this is living tissue. It's it's all part of you and your body as a person. So it is actually influenced by your general health mm. and by the stage of life you're at, and by various other things. It, it isn't just a sort of simple thing of you know oh, it's just a tendon. No, it's it's part of you. So how you're doing in yourself will influence that that tendon too. In terms of um hamstring fatigue, I'm going to think I'm going to say that hamstring tears. I don't think our listener is is doing kind of 100 meter sprinting so no. maybe they are but um no you're probably p- right. p- please please, uh, please yeah, write yeah, in yeah, if, yeah, I've, yeah. if i'm not speaking <laughs> Just, to you yeah. um yeah but with hamstring fatigue um what what is the treatment for that tom is that is that a kind of you know a, gra- a graduated return to running how, how would you how would you treat something like that so with that one, um, the first step is to is to focus on recovery um, and may, maybe just, you know, a recovery week might be a sensible first step. So cut the training intensity and volume down um, to a level that feels very manageable for you for, you know, probably at least a week, maybe a bit longer if you feel the need to, because if it's purely just created by fatigue, really the only solution is to is to focus on recovery. So 
good sleep, good nutrition and cut the training down. People do anecdotally say that sometimes massage helps with this, uh, but I think that's more of a, you know, a cherry on the top rather than something that they must do. You know, once you give your body the chance to recover, it will do so. So that's usually the first step. Um, so after I did this 10K race and my hamstrings were really not happy with me, um, I just cut back my training for, for a week until they felt much more comfortable. The second thing then is is to then perhaps add some strength work in there because the stronger your hamstrings are, the more fatigue resistant they are. And it might be the reason they fatigued is because they are actually a bit weak in the first place. So thing, you, you can test your, your own hamstring st- strength relatively easily. Doing things like a single leg bridge, um, if you're able to do maybe you know 20 to 25 single leg bridges without the hamstring getting tired, usually the hamstring's doing fairly well. Um, if you're only managing, you know, um, you know, three or four, and then the hamstring cramps up, it's, it's a sign it's, it's fairly weak or it's perhaps a bit fatigued at the moment. That's good. Okay. That's something we test, uh, you know, in clinic. Yeah. Um, so having, you know, two or three hamstring exercises in there to build up that strength, you know, particularly if we've got one of those more eccentric roles, things like Nordics that people might be familiar with, or the skateboard rollouts are really nice alternative to that is a really good way of strengthening up and bulletproofing those hamstrings. Um, We've talked sort of where it joins the pelvis and at the other end of that, it meets the knee. So is there any what does the how does the hamstring influence the knee? Because we've always sort of talked we had we talked about uh, the knee and a knee runner's knee and and that was sort of p- probably more quad related in in terms of an injury. But where does the hamstring come into the knee and its role there? Because knees and injuries and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so so the hamstring and the quads are, are very much a pair that that are going to be working to stabilise the knee mm. together, sort of coming at it from from different uh, angles, but then providing stability around the knee. So, yeah, we def- we definitely want nice strong hamstrings as a knee stabiliser. Um, so generally, if someone's come to see with me, me with knee pain, I want to test the hamstring strength as part of my assessment. And if it's weak, we'll usually want to include some form of of strength work for it. Um, you do sometimes see hamstring pain actually down closer to the knee because there are tendons that come either side of the knee from the hamstring to attach it down um, down to the, the tibia. Um, so you can get tendon pain there, but it's much less common. Right. Tom, thanks so much for, for coming on the Runners World podcast again and talking about all things hamstring. I think Ben and I have learned a lot and hopefully the listeners have too. Yeah, just go get the skateboard out. Go get the skateboard out, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a, a real pleasure. And um, I would, uh, you know, the listeners perhaps check out that that article um, if they want to learn a bit more about those exercises, see some pictures and things. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll include a link in the uh, in the show notes to that. Um, and great, great to have you back on at some point to talk about another common injury, maybe ITB or maybe the glute. Whoa. There's the, yeah. There's a whole world of stuff. <laughs> ITB or glute would be good. The other thing that might be quite interesting to talk about is persistent running injuries um and some runners get kind of stuck in a bit of an uh, an injury cycle and can't seem to get back to running Mm. but that's a particular area i i um, really enjoy working with runners because actually with the right approach you can often get people back even after quite a lengthy layoff so that might be something that's good definitely chat about definitely tom thanks again for your time always great to chat to you and thanks thanks for kind of clearing up uh, the hamstring for us and uh yeah we'll, we'll have you back on soon Thank you very much. I look forward to it. Cheers, Tom. All right. See ya. So that brings to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. Thanks very much to our guest, Tom Goom, and to you, of course, for listening.
you can subscribe to three issues of Runners World for just five pounds. Head to runnersworld.com slash UK slash podcast offer to get this exclusive list of offer. Or just subscribe to the magazine and get 12 issues for the whole year. That's one every single month, which doesn't even happen with magazines Brilliant anymore. Brilliant Christmas gift. Hey, that's not a bad idea, yeah, right? Yeah. Got a loved one. <laughs> Do you think they might like running? For the runner in your life. For the runner in your life. Runner's World magazine. Um, Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Share it with your friends. And you'll hear from us next week. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.